0: From the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard in Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Broad Ignite podcast. Each month, we feature a researcher supported by this program, which connects rising philanthropists with emerging scientific talent. Learn more at giving.broadinstitute.org slash Broad Ignite. Broad Ignite, seeding the next generation of visionaries.
1: We want young people to pursue great ideas, but we need new ways of supporting them and incentivizing them to take really big risks, because we know that a subset of those risks will really pay off for the cures that are needed.
0: I'm Jen Chen, and I'll be the host for this episode. This is our very first episode, so we're going to kick things off with the basics. What is Broding Night, and why is it important? Joining me today to explain all this is Jesse Bohm. Jesse's official title is Associate Director of the Broad's Cancer Program. Unofficially, he's a terrific mentor to our young scientists, and he's an advisor to the Broad Ignite Program. Jesse, welcome to the program.
1: Thank you. Long list of accolades. It Pleasure is. Pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, so Jesse, let's start off by talking about the brood. So there's so many great research institutions out there, especially in Cambridge. What makes the road so special?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. It's one we ask ourselves all the time. I mean, it's 2016, and it's such an exciting moment in biomedicine. So much is changing. We have the genes that cause most of major diseases under our belt for the first time. And we need to do some really big things as a community to turn those into drugs. The problem is that the standard structures, academia, drug drug companies, don't fully map to what's needed. We need the creativity and innovation of academia. We need the scale and the professionalism of industry. But we need new institutions that are hybrid structures of both that can bring it all together. And the Broad's a place where we can bring together academics from MIT and Harvard, bring together those scientists that are well trained in industry, and take on really big, ambitious things without some of the for-profit incentives that tend to move the uh, you know move you in the wrong direction, or the desire to have to publish every last detail and put some paper in a journal at the expense of actually delivering something for a patient.
0: So can you break it down for me in terms of- of how the Broad is related to Harvard at MIT and um, the five Harvard-associated hospitals.
1: Yeah, the Boston area is amazing in which, you know, you're a few miles away from essentially some of the world's, in some cases, the world's best researchers for every major disease. The problem is that if you're at MIT, you're sometimes not incentivized to collaborate with someone at Harvard. And if you're at the Dana-Farber, you may not know who to talk to at the Beth Israel. So the Broad tries to be a free trade zone of ideas, sort of a horizontal connector. It's, of course, a building, but it's really a virtual connector in which Uh, scientists from any organization can feel free to collaborate and form these big, ambitious scientific teams, regardless of what their name badge says what institution they're involved with. And that enables scientists at all levels, but especially young scientists, to shed their institutional baggage and just say, I wanna work with the best people, the best technologies, the best approaches, bring together a Boston or Cambridge area team and tackle something truly amazing that I couldn't do simply alone by myself in my own laboratory. And that frankly is what just makes it so fun uh, and freeing.
0: So tell me more about how young scientists fit fit into the, this ecosystem.
1: Yeah, I think you know, young people in any field often have really exciting transformative ideas, mostly because they're not anchored by the history of how you're supposed to do things. And so you grow up and you want to do really big and ambitious things. You need to be the right person, but you really need to be in the right environment and at the right moment. In your field, I think, as I mentioned before, this is really the moment for biomedicine because we start are starting to know exactly what to do to build drugs against uh, what's broken in most of these diseases. And the broad is this is the right community because of this incentive structure to work together.
0: So I'm going to wear my skeptical journalist hat right now, and I'm going to say, well, Brody and I, I know these are seed funds, but biomedical research costs a lot of money. We're talking millions of dollars. Granted, we're far away from the days when the Human Genome Project cost $3 billion, but it still costs a lot of money. So if I'm a donor, how do I know that my money is not just a drop in the bucket?
1: Yeah, I think your point is that there's a lot of money that's required to build drugs to cure disease, and that, of course, is true. The most expensive part, of course, is the final stages of the clinical trials of developing a drug, and that's where the pharmaceutical industry is well poised for that. But each of those really big ideas, the drugs of today, those mighty oak trees, if you will, started with some seeds that were planted a long time ago. Some researcher, in many cases a young researcher, had some inkling of an idea tried one experiment, and that's built over multiple years that ends up being those blockbuster drugs of today. And so we need to make more of those early stage bets as rapidly as possible, and that's where the concept of Broad ignite comes in. It's true that there's large projects, but we need as many of those smaller scale projects as possible. And the amount of funding that comes in through Broadignite is important, but the impact on young people isn't simply limited to you know the amount of dollars that go into the, the coffers to run the experiments in the lab. It's the, the tap on the shoulder that says, we trust you. The young people often don't get this in biomedicine. Someone says, we trust you. We think you have great ideas. Here's a little bit of money. Go do something transformative. And that vote of confidence becomes as important, and in some cases, even more important than, than the check that actually enables their, their project to succeed.
0: And so if I'm a donor, what else do I get out of Brody Knight? Because I don't want to just be sitting there writing checks.
1: Absolutely. And I think what's what's been most exciting, I mean, this whole Broad Ignite thing was a complete, you know, pilot. We looked at what was happening with, you know, Kickstarter, in, you know, to fuel, you know, technology innovations. And we said, what's what's working really well about that model that biomedicine hasn't quite figured out yet? And we realized what was important was not just the dollar amount that makes Kickstarter work. It's the partnership. It's a set of people that are joining the, you know, the team that develops the drone or develops the the software product or whatever. It's that partnership and that intimacy that makes Kickstarter really work, that everyone feels like they're in it together. So for Broad Ignite, the donors get involved not, not simply by supporting this financially, but by getting to know the scientists behind the project, by being a part in some ways of the scientific... Uh, scientific team and the scientist gets an important vote of confidence an important fan base if you will you know scientists aren't often rock stars but get a set of people that really want them to succeed and that partnership that intimacy between a group of young philanthropists that want to you know help to drive this biomedical revolution and be part of it and now are invited to have a front row seat at the table and young scientists who want to you know feel supported by a world that desperately is hungry for them to succeed that partnership becomes really the secret sauce that I think has made the pilot of this program work and, and gotten us interested to expand it further.
0: Tell me more about the scientists you've funded so far.
1: Yeah, so when we started the program, we looked across the broad community that, of course, tackles cancer and infectious disease and psychiatric disease and all these important things. And we're trying to find a set of young people who are very early on in their careers that wanted to do just transformative things. A couple of individuals have risen to the task and been amazing early uh, broad igniters, as we call them. Daniel MacArthur works at the Mass General Hospital. His challenge, uh, his project focuses on ending the diagnostic odyssey for patients with these rare diseases. You know, people present in the clinic, they have these bizarre symptoms, they go from doctor to doctor, and no one can give them a diagnosis. Daniel is using some of the genetic tricks that the Broad Institute can use to try to figure out whether he can end that diagnostic odyssey for a subset of these patients. And he's been able uh, to do that using night funding. Another example is uh, is Sarah Jones, a you know really exciting scientist in Feng Zhang's lab at, at the Broad. Sarah thinks that you know the next way of engineering the the genome is using some of the tricks that pond scum uh, use. There's this crazy uh, organism that rearranges its gen- genetic material every time it, divi- it divides, and Sarah's trying to e- reverse engineer that to understand how it works and to use it to tinker with human genes to try to improve. Uh, uh, human disease. Super early on, super ambitious, and, you know, Brod Ignite donors have come into the lab and played with pond scum wow. with her, uh, and it's been a lot of fun. A third example, um, Sonia Valab and Eric Minichel, two uh, consultants at the time, they weren't even scientists. Sonia's mother uh, passed away, unfortunately, from very rare prion disease, and it was Sonia determined that she actually carried the genetic mutation herself. They abandoned their careers, joined the Brod, and through Broad Ignite have gotten their first $40,000, they had zero before, to actually build a new lab that studies this this disease. And for them, of course, it's a, it's a personal passion. So different types of projects that range across different disciplines, but all with this incredible passion to do something amazing.
0: Can we talk a little bit more about Sarah Jones? Because I would imagine that somebody coming out, Feng Zhang is a real rock star in biomedicine. So I find it surprising that somebody in his lab would find it hard to get funding.
1: Yeah, so it turns out, so Feng Zhang is, of course, one of the, the pioneers of developing this new CRISPR technology, which, for the first time, allows you to edit the genetic material in a cell and to figure out what changing the genetic letters do to improve or, or um, worsen a particular uh, disease. It turns out that CRISPR is good for some things, but, but not good for others, and so Sarah's trying to make a new technology. Once you have the big view of, I want to build my lab and engineer the genome, and you look at the world's organisms as your potential source, there's an infinite number of projects. So Fung's Lab is well-funded, but there simply isn't enough fluidity of that funding again for young people to take the, these, these ambitious risks. And so the amount of ideas and the amount of creativity that young people have, even in well-funded labs, you know, outstrips the ability for a senior investigator to say, yeah, go pursue any idea that you have. Because grants have timelines and deliverables associated with them.
0: So describe to me your ideal candidate for Night.
1: I think a Brodignite, uh, again, a Knight, ignite Ignitee, we're trying to get the, get, the right, get the right word, you know, an individual is someone that is truly passionate and wants to work every hour of every day to do something uh, transformative and is kind of unshackled by the conventional wisdom of you know what their field tells them will succeed or won't succeed. They're willing to take a big risk and they're willing to build a scientific community around the project. Scientists have this awful reputation of kind of being closed, and and, uh, and that actually doesn't work at the Broad. We want scientists that want to build a community. And a number of these projects, we want the community to extend to include patients and advocates and these donors to be part of the project. And so an extroverted individual who's passionate, that's doing something transformative, and frankly is willing to take a risk and fail.
0: So let's throw things to the future a little bit. So what do we have to look forward to in 2017 for Broad Night?
1: The science of the Broad is quite diverse, and so we want to continue to broaden the portfolio of projects that are funded through Broad Ignite. There's some psychiatric disease projects uh, that we see on the horizon. There's some projects involving wearable technologies. How do you connect someone's genetics to the, uh, how the, the genetics manifests itself through a, a person's motions and their diet and all those things. And so the world of wearables, there's, you know, there's a bunch of things bubbling up. But I think the concept is as science changes, as Zika manifests itself, as these other things happen, as we get as we move closer in cancer, we need to ensure that this Broadignite portfolio uh, represents that. I think we, we're continuing to see that young scientists across the road, even those that aren't awardees, feel really empowered by this project because they see that it's okay to dream big and take risks. So I want to see more projects, but I also want to see more young people dreaming up big things, even if they don't become projects. And there will be, so there'll be a set of grants that will be awarded. There'll be a big event in the spring in which we'll bring, bring uh, donors and par- friends of donors in the project, again, together to meet the scientists that are being funded. And, you know, we're, it's, all, it's an experiment. We're only 18 months into it. And so we want to continue to experiment and take guidance from the donors and the scientists about, you know, what's going to work best to really make Broad Ignite, you know, the Kickstarter for biomedicine that we think is needed.
0: Well, thank you for joining us again, Jesse.
1: Jenna was awesome. This was, this was great.
0: This has been the Broad Ignite podcast. Coming up this season, we'll meet some of the brightest young stars in biomedicine. Today, learn more about that pond scum that Jesse was talking about, and learn about how a simple blood draw will transform cancer care. The Broad Ignite podcast is produced by Bradford Krieger of Big Nice Studio. Special thanks to Scott Sassoon from the Broad's communications department, and a big warm thanks to all the supporters of Broad Ignite. Learn more at giving.broadinstitute.org/broadignite.